All right, welcome back to Can't Hurt Your Own Risk, episode 40, part 9, our penultimate part of our Nightmare on Elm Street franchise discussion, where we, fortunately or unfortunately, are now up to the 2010 reboot A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Kent decided he wanted to take on the Herculean effort of helming this one. So, Kent, please, take it away. So this is where I'm mad at Kevin more than anything else. He let me, Kevin, you allowed me on my own podcast to choose a Michael Bay movie when I know that you're a huge Michael <laughs> Bay fan. He produced it. Why did you let me do this to myself? <laughs> produced it. Oh, all right. Yeah. See, here was, here was the thought process. I'm like, I love three and four, so I got to give myself something shitty towards the end. And I was like... Yeah, this seems like the thing that nobody's going to want to do, so this is... I nominated myself for this. It's the trade-off, so I could have done number three. All right, so in 2010, we get the reboot, and so it has a decent cast. Let's, let's, let's acknowledge the cast first and foremost. Um, you have Rooney Mara, who went on to some good shit. With a uh, girl, girl with the dragon tattoo series and some other shit. Um, uh, Kellen Lutz, you know the uh, heartthrob uh, from fucking Twilight. Was he Jacob? No, right? he was. He was uh, one of uh, the other the, the vampire brothers. Oh, okay, it. one of the Cullens, maybe. Yeah, he was um, the the muscle Cullen. I forgot okay. what the fuck his name was. Yeah. So, Twilight, yeah. Uh, Clancy fucking Brown, uh, who, if you don't know who Clancy Brown is, shame on you. And his IMDB picture, his hair looks amazing. And he still has one of the great voices of our time and is a great voice of Lex Luthor in the animated stuff. Uh, And also Connie Britton, who I don't want to say is great. She can be in some things and other things she falls flat. And... This is definitely more of the latter than the former. Uh, and to round out the, I would say, bigger names, we have Jackie Earl Haley doing the other Herculean aspect, uh, trying to be Freddy Krueger. And let, let's just say, I know we're going, this will be the main crux of the conversation. Uh, he tried. So... One thing I, I didn't want to see, um, I, we've talked about this before when discussing reboots. I don't want to see a shot for shot. I don't want a Psycho 1998. I don't want that. It, I want something familiar, similar, but with enough differences to make it its own. I hope that makes sense. Uh, a great example is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake of, what was it, 2003, I want to say. Um, similar enough, but enough differences. Uh and in some regards, this succeeded. This is not. This isn't as shitty as most people say it is. It's a perfectly watchable movie, and it might even be good to a younger audience who don't know shit about you know the past stuff like this. Is an okay entry point. I just didn't need so much of creepy child molester. Like it got so dark at points, and they just dwelled on that subject matter so much. I was like, okay, you guys are really trying to make us hate Freddy. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I didn't care for that aspect at all. Um, more so, another thing that I truly hated, when I was taking notes, I'm, I was keeping track of all the dream sequences, or trying to, you know, as we've acknowledged, sometimes it's tough to know what's real in dream. Here's the problem. This fucking movie had, from my count, uh, I think it was 19? 18. 18 dream sequences. And there was, like, at least five or six that only lasted a handful of seconds. They were like these quick blips, or as they referred to them as micro-naps. <sighs> Fuck, I hated that. They didn't do good with, like, actual dream sequences. All the dream sequences, by and large, felt very quick, rushed, and they didn't want to put much focus on Freddy. And that's a problem. That's them basically acknowledging we're not confident in who we have playing Freddy because we're not even really letting him be the star of the freaking movie. That That's a huge freaking problem, I, I think, for fans, uh, longtime fans. Maybe not for new people, but for longtime fans, that that's a problem. The dream sequences, by and large, fell fairly flat on, on their ass. Uh, like the opening diner sequence? Not horrible, but simultaneously, eh, I don't know. I didn't. They they tried playing out so you could see uh, Kellen Lutz kind of slit his throat instead of it being more supernatural. Uh, whatever, I don't know. Uh, they changed the name so we didn't get Nancy Thompson. We got a Nancy Holbrook. We didn't get a Tina. We got a Chris, and Chris kind of had a Tina esque death. Uh, we got way more stuff on the parents. We got way more backstory. You know, this time he, fucking Freddy's a gardener of a preschool. He has a secret fucking cave and all this. Uh, it's like exhausting at times. And I made fun of Ronnie Blakely quite a bit earlier in the night. And I will say that she played her role much better than Connie Britton played Dr. Gwen Holbrook in this, in my opinion. Uh, I just didn't care for Connie Britton's performance. I didn't even really see the point in having Clancy Brown in this fucking movie because I, I don't even think he needed hey, to be there. Hey, Quentin, get in the car. <laughs> that, yeah, that, like, that was his point. <laughs> like, like, you have this great actor and they really just didn't, like, yeah, we're, we're going to kill him. Oh, uh, do we really need to kill him? Like, you really need to have that scene? And so, there, here's another gripe I have. That was uh, Quentin's fucking dream sequence watching the parents go after Freddy. Then why are we not getting from Quentin's perspective? We're getting all these other perspectives, like, from inside the building that Quentin doesn't even have. So, you're fucking up the dream idea, then. They were kind of all over the place at times, and they had some ideas that some worked, but a lot of them didn't work so well. It's not a bad movie, it's just, it's not the movie that, I, I don't think any of us really wanted this movie the way that it was, and I think I'm done complaining for can, the next couple can minutes. I, can I sum up all of the problems you had with this movie in just like one thing? <laughs> Robert England not being there? There was no humor. No. There really wasn't. There was no humor. And out like some of the stuff I liked. Like I had never seen this coming into this this watch. And I put it right in the dead middle of the pack. 
It's an average movie. And if you if you want to put it up against a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it's an okay movie. If you want to put it up against a shitty Nightmare on Elm Street movie like Freddy's Dead, it's a good movie. But uh, there's no humor. And that was what was lacking. Like, in this, is Freddy definitely more brutal and more menacing than some of what we got from Robert Englund in the past eight movies? Yes. Does he have any kind of humor or anything? No, he's just a bleak, fucking evil fuck. And because of that, the one thing that I don't understand them trying to do is shoe in that subplot about potentially Freddie being innocent. Yeah, right. I like it. Yeah, it feels like the subplot. only reason they put that subplot in was so you could have the tryst twist that no freddie's not a child murderer in this one no he's a child molester in this one like that that feels like that's the only reason that subplot was in there um yeah to go along with connie Britton, the one thing that i'll give her that she did better than um uh what's her face ronnie ronnie, ronnie Blakely was fucking die you know i was not expecting that <laughs> fucking the glove to come through that her face great. at the fucking end of the movie that was yeah that that was better than how Marge got taken out, no doubt. And to to go along with what you said, like a lot of the dream se- like think of the diner one. Like he's walking along, it's creepy, it's weird. He sees like pig's heads and fucking bodies being roasted on the fucking oven in the back. And then he just looks and Freddy jumps out at him and stabs him. Uh, you know, and he he wakes up. But I mean, like that's the extent of the the dream sequence. Like the one that I liked in the movie is one of the micro naps, and it's the one where she's in the grocery store and she's crawling down and or he's crawling down and it's going from dream to reality and you know you see him like doing the thing where he's dragging his claws along the pipe shell and then it hits the shelf when it goes to reality and the stuff gets knocked down i thought that was well done and they had the good song the everly brothers all you got all i have to do is dream that was a great song for that scene too. yeah that actually hit the right mood and tone for a nightmare on elm street movie that I actually kind of felt like something that you could have put in any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and it would have fit in. And Most of this didn't. One thing that I saw to talk about the look of Jackie Earl Haley compared to Robert Englund is they definitely made him look more melted and more burnt. But I think you lost some of the lip articulation with within the makeup. So, like... If Freddy smiled or if he smirked, I couldn't tell. Like, you could see the anger when he showed it because, like, a lot of the times he would bare his teeth. But um, even if he was trying to play funny, you couldn't tell because of the way the makeup worked. Like, like you said, he had a fucking huge role to fill. And I don't think he did horrible, but I mean, if you had. It had, didn't fail because of him. If you had had a, a writer who could have grabbed the right tone instead of kind of being all over the place there, it would have worked better. Again, like you said, Clancy Brown was wasted. Um, I heard somebody say, and I would agree, you know, they should have swept, swapped the casting for, for Nancy and Chris. And I agree, like, I think yes. the Chris was like a much more interesting character. And she's basically the main character until she dies. 
and then we switched to Nancy. And like Rooney, Rooney Mara is not a bad actress, but she didn't carry, you know, the the final girl role in this as well as I think like it would have if they'd swapped the two of them around. Uh, so I don't know that and like uh, the guy who played Jesse, I was like. I didn't like him. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just me, but... No, he wasn't a redeemable... Like, he... Like, I don't even know how many people like Rod Lane. I liked Rod Lane, at least. Like... Yeah. He was a dick, but, you know, you could kind of enjoy him, you know? Whatever. This guy, there was just no... Sub- and why did the inmate go from the top bunk to the bottom bunk as soon as he goes in the cell? I didn't... I, I, didn't. I, I think the, the idea is that he was taking the one that he wanted and then the fish was going to get the one that takes more effort to get up into. Okay. Fair enough. I... <sighs> Kevin, you, what do, what do you got going on over there? <laughs> okay. So, so the thing about Katie Cassidy, who played Chris, uh, is they, it, it, it was, the Tina role, because Tina also, you feel like in the first one, that she's the main character. It's very like psycho, where, you know, we start off with, we're in her dream, you know, and not Nancy's. So they kind of played with that, and, you know, she is the main character until she isn't, you know. Um, and with the, the dead dog scene, and it like was total like a recreation of Tina's death, but it was so much CGI in it. So the thing about reboots or remakes, anything really, I try to uh, separate from source material to try to enjoy it as much as I can. And like for things to make their own, like Rooney Mara, I thought was great because she did, she wasn't, the Nancy characters uh, played the way that Heather Langenkamp did. She had this like, you know, more like loneliest girl in the world rather than the girl next door. And I thought it was interesting. Freddy Krueger, the way the makeup, he he looked exactly, not exactly, but like very much like one of the uh, orcs in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, and, and like, yeah, I, I guess I missed the whole, like, Freddie might be innocent thing, but all the, the, the little kids with all the, the claw marks on them, and then they were still, like, going back home, that was, like, way darker. I guess it was their way of, like, not having to sidestep the child molester thing like they did for the entire original series. And, uh. I mean, but I kind of liked where the the scene, uh, where, uh, what what is it? Jesse yeah, yeah. who dies in the jail. Yeah. Okay. I I liked I liked that better. I was like, I saw this one time when it came out. I didn't like it. Everyone else hated it. They told me it sucked, so I watched it and just assumed it sucked. And, uh, you know, it didn't have that like you know. No Robert England, the the no humor thing. Uh, 
but I I knew that this time going in, so it really didn't bother me that much. I think he had one one liner in the entire thing. I don't even remember what it was, but yeah, the the jail scene where like where his like chest explodes is that what happens? And, like just explodes in the front of the other prisoner and it was just cool to have someone react to that immediately like I didn't do it I didn't do it and like I don't know I kind of wish maybe we got to see that play out a little bit where you know the guards come and see this guy covered in blood at, at times um, some of the scene, scenes like you almost wanted to see certain scenes play out just a little bit longer some of the dream sequences go just a little bit <sighs> It felt like they cut it down as much as humanly possible, and sometimes too much. Would would you would you agree with that? Well, what? No, they did. Well, they did it differently. It wasn't. See, the thing about the other movies is that they weren't just like dream sequences or kills. They were like gags. You know, like gag sequences, and like you know, like. Uh, where they had the special effects and stuff, but with the CGI, it's not like a gag. It's just like you know, it's it's just CGI. It's a, like a you know, a real optical illusion, I guess. I, I don't really know how to describe it. But the thing that makes Freddy Krueger movies so great is they have all these great gags, all these great special effects, and this, you know, it it isn't it isn't a terrible movie. I and uh, I I love Rooney Mara. Some of my favorite movies of her is Anthem Body Saints and Ghost Story directed by David Laurie uh, Side Effects by Steven Soderbergh that's a really good one Girl with a Dragon Tattoo is is great and um, Carol the Todd Haynes movie with Kate Blanchett those are all like really great performances uh, and it's cool to see her in something because I didn't know who she was when this came out and shortly thereafter she was in the social network and then did David Fincher's. And I read an article, I guess because I was looking up all these nightmare on Elm street things that like one of the like Google articles was like Rooney Mara almost quit acting after nightmare on Elm street. Um, because it was just, I don't know, but I still thought she did pretty good. I think it was, she did a really good job, uh, doing what she was doing, but not, filling out i guess the you know trying to do the original movie because this was because what this movie was trying to do was be like a modern you know 2010 atmospheric kind of horror film and i do like how they even better than the hansel and gretel thing in seven is the whole pied piper thing and then all of like the focus on sleep deprivation and stuff I think they were on to a lot of things. It didn't work. This is the worst rated, at least on Rotten Tomatoes anyways, of 14%. I don't think it's that bad. Um, it's definitely not that bad. It, it's not that bad, no. It's funny because it's the second worst rated on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's, Freddy's Dead is the worst. Freddy's Dead. Yeah, well, f- you know, they're both, you know, it's like what... Um, what Fre- Freddy's Dead lacks in seriousness, the this one makes up for, and what this one doesn't have in comedy, exactly. Freddy's Dead makes up for, you know. So, um, the one thing I think probably the most impressive thing about this movie for me was 
that it looked great. Like, I'm not necessarily like the CGI stuff, which looked good. It didn't really work for for the movie, but like it was it was shot on film. It was 35 millimeter Kodak, and because I was curious, because in 2009, that's when uh, that's when movie theaters started switching to digital projectors, and by 2013, most movies, unless you're like Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, Paul Thomas Anderson, you're shooting on digital because that's just cheaper. And this was, you know, a $35 million budget and, you know, which isn't like crazy expensive, but it's not super cheap, I guess. And maybe it is in 2010, but I feel like a lot of that probably went to uh, the filming of it. And like a lot of the shots just like, you know, it wasn't overdone like the new Candyman to look like, you know, like a lot of like atmospheric, you know, quote unquote, elevated horror nowadays. Like they don't do like those long, you know, zoom in shots and stuff, but they do it a little bit. Even the the shot of the, the swim team where they're all like on the on the diving boards, like it was just really, really well shot. And uh, and this was actually shown on film, and uh, I don't know, maybe just because I have it on Blu-ray, I just was like, really, it. I thought it was digital because it has that very like digital look to it, moderately, you know, where like Blade Runner two thousand forty nine was definitely shot digitally, and like the way, you know, just the way it looks and the way it's lit and all of that is way more modern, modern look, and this is. 13 years ago now, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, so I, I really did appreciate, and like, you know, it was done by Deluxe and, you know, which is Eastman Kodak, which went under a bunch of different names for coloring and the, the labs and stuff. And I've found myself, you know, sort of like obviously really interested in this <laughs> and like how they make all of that and, you know, the process and stuff like that. So, I think it looked – I mean, I think Freddy versus Jason looked pretty good. This, I thought, looked a little bit better on the end. The only thing better than that, I think, is the first one, like the way the actual film looked. Maybe it was the pro- the process of it all, but, um, you know, some of the stuff was a little bit blurry. Some of it – but a lot of those were, like, first-time directors. I didn't go through all the cinematographers, but I thought the cinematographer cinem- – cinematography in this was was pretty good not like amazing but but better than the movie itself see chris i should have given this movie to kevin <laughs> you <guys should. laughs> if you had taken three four and, and freddy's dead you would have had the trifecta and yeah kevin would have been like why did i get this shit <laughs> so i'll say i saw this in the theater and this was the first movie I saw with Raylene <laughs> in the theater. Uh, really horrible, horrible decision uh, for first movie to go see with a girl you just started dating. Um, was she familiar? Yeah. With the movies? No. You know, she she grew up hating and being terrified of Freddy. So I was just like, well, I'm taking this bitch to see a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and just see what's going and on. Then, so and then you hated it and just complained the whole time? 
No, I, I, I never. I didn't hate it. I just sat there and wanted something more than what it offered. But at the time, I'm like, I, I get it because it all all movie all the horror at that time was trying to go with a super dark tone, and sometimes you just want to somebody to zig when everybody else is zagging and vice versa. Um, I didn't quite get that. Um, I, I had to question why did, I want to say it was Chris lock her car when she had her roof down. I kind of perplexed by this decision. Um, just blew my mind a little bit. And, I also want to say that I found the bathtub scene to be an absolute fucking dud compared to what we got in the original. Oh yeah. Oh. Don't just don't even have the scene if that's all you're. Oh, going to well, do. it's not all they did with it. They put it in the, they put it in the trailer so they could sell tickets. And then yeah. it was like so brief. Yeah. And that, like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> just. That's exactly why they did. They did it for the trailer. You yeah, were you were yeah. spot on with that, and uh, they wanted to make. I don't think um, it really. I don't know. This this probably didn't do that well. Oh, it, it's was okay. Was I the only person that found it? Like, all right, did anybody find it hilarious that you know? Once again, we're at the scene where one person goes to sleep, the other person has to stay awake. So Nancy's laying down, and Quentin's supposed to you know stay there, make sure she, you know to wake her up. And then Quinn's like, oh, I got to go to this paper cutter, break off this large blade, be as loud as possible while she's trying to, you know, do something super serious and sleep. Uh, and then to top it all off, he falls asleep and gets attacked yeah. before she does. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So is it too soon for them to try to reboot this again supposedly supposedly they're trying to reboot it and there's talk about doing a television show too i can't see anything solid but i know that they've talked to kevin bacon and he's he's got a treatment that he he would be willing to do if they they go with it so as far as i I know that's that's where they're at for for a movie would all right kevin bacon not not a tv show yeah, t- TV show. Uh, TV show. I don't know how the fuck they would do another TV show. I mean, we forgot to talk about the one that they did do, but um, uh, but yes, the Kevin Bacon. They were talking about for the yeah, movie. Yeah, I go. I go to that. I, I might actually go to a Freddy Krueger movie in the theater if they do that. Like, do you? I mean, Grant. I I really didn't know like hardly anybody in this aside from Jackie Clancy and Connie at the time. Um, would would you keep it? Would would you like instead of Kevin Bacon? Would you consider a no name, or would you definitely try to have a name actor for Fred? I think they should have had Clancy Brown for this. Uh, I think those been yeah. a better choice. But anyway, what were you saying, Chris? <laughs> I, know, I was going to say those are the only two ways you can go. You either need to have somebody with like some serious star power. I mean, Kevin Bacon's not like super huge, but fucking everybody's heard of him because of, you know, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Uh, he, he, or you have to go with somebody completely unknown. 
Um, I think the biggest thing that you need, though, is you need to have a fucking writer who knows what kind of tone they're going for and probably appreciates the good things from all of the ones that we've talked about over the course of these last five, six hours or so. Yeah, if if the studio's goal, which I would assume the goal is to make a successful enough movie to restart a franchise then you you can't, I don't know, like, they didn't really leave anything, you know, left for a sequel even. Had this been successful, yeah, they could have bullshit their way, but I don't know, they didn't leave open anything of real interest. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I feel bad for Jackie Earl Haley because I do not think there's anything he could have done that would have made this movie he any better. He could have been. He could yeah, he could have been Clancy he, Brown. He took a lot of shit. No, I don't, actually, I don't even know who he is. I'm looking him up. I've seen <laughs> some of these movies. And he looks familiar, of course, but, like... He became successful from I Bad News Bears way back in the day. But he, he got his... Yeah, he got his resurgence yeah. when he did Rorschach and Watchmen. Rorschach. Yeah. I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. <laughs> that was um, a good role for him. I really would love, you know, while they're talking, if people are still talking, they're talking about all these interconnected universes. Fuck the DCEU. Mm. Fuck the Marvel universe. Uh, see if these various fucking companies can come together to, to give the rights and do a fucking, like modern horror universe kind of thing. You know, sure. Freddy, Jason, Michael, Chucky. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know, the Jeepers, the last couple of Jeepers Creepers to suck, maybe we fucking keep them out of there. You know. Get I'm the new Pinhead. Head. I, I liked yeah, the, the new the, Pinhead. The new, she was great. The, the Cenobites. You don't, uh, you don't have, you, yeah, Candyman. You don't have to have them fighting in every single movie, but, Make a interconnected fucking reality. Like, do it like fucking Leslie Vernon did. I mean, that would be, uh, uh yeah, that would be funny as shit, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. Oh man, we gotta work on our cardio. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are getting away. We're getting too old. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I, I really do think that if they want to make a new one, the most important things are you got to get, uh a director and a writer. Because if you have a great skip script and you have a director who knows what he wants to bring out that script, it doesn't matter who you have in Freddy. They'll be able to pull it out. Agreed. I mean, it's not like Robert England was the most talented actor in the world. Like, his best-known thing up to the point of being Freddy was V, which I liked V, but, I mean, he was kind of... He wasn't. He wasn't he even wasn't the main like character. He wasn't. He wasn't right. Mark Singer or you know Jeremy Ironside. Or right. Jeremy, so yeah. he was kind of like a comedy bit thing. Like so, you can take somebody and you know I'd I'd be kind of curious about Tim Blake Nelson, uh, possibly. I I like him for a lot of things. He's not super well known, but you know enough people do know him. Or just find an unknown. I'm okay with that. Uh, but you, you gotta get the tone right. It's really about getting the tone right and making it enjoyable. Like, why did we just rave about Freddy versus Jason? 
because it was fun as hell. Like, it was entertaining yeah. as hell. That matters. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie needs, at this point, the humor is just as an iconic part of Freddy as the horror. Mm-hmm. And you can't, and like, like Kevin said, you had Freddy's dead, where it was the humor turned up to 11. And this one, you have the horror turned up to 11. You need to find a mix, throw in like 6.5 of each and give us a 13 and that'll fucking knock it out of the park. Yeah. And for, please give us better dream sequences. Just- I mean, the one thing about these is they all felt rushed. Yeah. yeah, it was like, it's like, we're gonna taunt him a little bit, and then he's gonna just run up and fucking stab the dude. Oh, God. all right. I have one major, other major complaint. I don't know how sick you guys are of this, but if I see one more fucking person run away from the bad guy, get into a closet that has the the slats, so they can, yo, know, see out, see out the closet. I'm gonna fucking punch something like really, really fucking. Hard. I'm so sick of seeing that that trope in, in horror it's been done so much it's the same either you know the murder the bad guy walks away they punch through break it or they end up inside the closet those are usually the three outcomes i don't need it anymore like it's a bad hiding spot it's never been a good hiding spot i, in I don't history, remember ever. who so, you're absolutely please, correct Oh yeah, yeah. Chris did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, it seemed like it was like one of the movies that Scream was like mocking, like the movies that they would like poke fun at is like something like that, which I'm sure they did that in one of those movies. But yeah, did any of the was did, I don't know if we can remember those too many movies, but did any of the Nightmare on Elm Streets do that? And in the earlier ones, yeah, the closet. No, I don't think so. With, so with the they like, closet like that? pulled no. out some old tricks. No, they had. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean no. one of the things that we got to give them is that people weren't typically hiding from yeah. Freddy because he was just like <laughs> in their dream. You know where they're fucking gonna hide, right? Uh, and that was the thing. Like, it didn't feel like Freddy used his dream power to its not even close to his maximum. Like. It was like, oh, I'm going to surprise you and stab you or slash you, and that's it. Like, I'm not going to turn into a big killer worm and try to ingest you. I'm not going to feed you your insides. I'm, I'm not, not going to turn into a, a fucked up hookah smoking caterpillar and then attack you from the ceiling <laughs> and like five minutes later. Yeah, like none of that existed. It was all like the most basic of basics. Uh, nah. All right, are we done making fun of this and yeah. so we can do it? Yeah, last yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, yep. I think we're done. You good, Kevin? Okay. All right. All right, we'll be back to wrap up in just a second with some um, shooting the shit, I guess, and random thoughts. So please stick around for our last part of our marathon Nightmare on Elm Street franchise podcast. Thank you. <laughs> 